Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. It's Emily. I'm psyched that you're here. I'm so excited to be able to bring you this episode. Uh, We just got back from Vegas. I say we. My husband was with me. We had such a nice trip out to Las Vegas. It's like probably our first trip in a while because of COVID and I'm pregnant uh, and which has been quite a trip. All my Anyone who's been pregnant, I think you can relate. Um, I'm now six months along, uh, but it has been wild. So we haven't been doing much traveling like we used to. So it was really nice to get out to Las Vegas and just get on a plane again. And also to see so many of you guys out there at Magic. I mean, wow, I like, uh, I, I haven't been in a place with that many people in a long time. So that was wild, just seeing everyone's outfits. And ugh, Magic is always just such a wonderful fashion show of, of retailers and boutique owners. It's always fun to go and see what everyone's into and working on and really see what the vendors have to bring to the table. Um, but we had such a nice time. I spoke on Monday on the education stage at Magic, and my talk was all about creating a profitable product assortment. And so that is what you're, we're bringing you today. I voice recorded on my iPhone. Um, so I'm going to warn you and please, dear God, do not give me any bad star reviews on this episode because the sound quality is not the best. Okay. I'm going to warn you. It's just not the best. I did the best I could. It was crazy getting there. It was honestly like one second I was like hugging my clients and the next second I was like on the stage, like, whoa. Um, So, you know, the sound quality literally is me putting my phone on the chair and recording this so that I could bring it to more of you. I had between like 130 and 150 of you guys out there watching. Thank you so much if you were there. I just, I appreciate you so much. I know it takes so much effort to get to Magic and to coordinate your schedule to come and see me. I had such a good time. And if I met you after, uh, thank you so much for hanging out and wanting to chat and uh, ask questions. I mean, I just honestly, I was blown away by so many of you. I just your questions were so thoughtful, so in depth. You really were all just like paying such good attention. So I'm hoping that if you missed me last week, that this is your chance to kind of catch what I talked about. I talked a lot about the nuances of building your product assortment in a profitable way. We do have a worksheet that I reference in this, and we're gonna make it available down in the show notes. So if you head down to the show notes, there'll be a link to click to be able to go to where to download that worksheet. Um, It's a really simple worksheet, but there are some charts and some pictures and stuff on it that you may want to reference. So whether you grab the worksheet after this or do it right now, I highly suggest it. Like I said, it's super basic, a one-page PDF, but I did really want to have people look at charts and you know me and my data. So um, we will make that available. Just look down in the show notes for this podcast and uh, you can get it too. So 
Like I said, the sound quality is not great, but remember, it's about what I say, not how it's presented. So I hope you learn a ton from this episode. Also, very important, we just opened up tickets to the 2022 Rich Retailer Retreat. I could not be more excited for this. This is like our next big trip after my baby's born. Um, It's next May, the May 1st to the 3rd. I'm hosting it in Palm Beach, Florida at the O Palm Beach, which is a five-star luxury beachfront, oceanfront, oh my God, resort. Like you are going to die. All the rooms were designed by the famous interior designer, Jonathan Adler. They're absolutely stunning, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, The best part about this retreat, it's very different than ones we've done before. The ones we've done before, we've offered like a discount room rate and you just pay for your ticket to the event. What we've actually done this time is we've built in all of the room price, the meals, everything is built into the ticket. So this is a two-day, three-night stay at the Opom Beach when you buy your ticket, which the Opom Beach generally, the I think the lowest price I've ever seen it be is around $1,000 a, a to $1,200 a night. Okay, this I'm telling you, this is a five-star resort, okay? It's about 10, 15 minutes away from Palm Beach International Airport, easy to get to. And like I said, these normally these rooms are around $1,200 a night. You're getting three nights and all your food and networking things and the retreat healings, like meditations, uh, business talks, like the whole, you're getting all of it for one set price. That is why this is an insane value. You can't, you literally can't even stay at the hotel for the price that we're offering the retreat at for three nights. So it's insane. I worked my magic with the event coordinators there. I have attended many of my own retreats there with other, um, of, of, other of my mentors and coaches, my friends host there. It's just a great hotel. It's so luxury. It's so high end. And we're going to take really good care of you from Sunday to Tuesday, May 1st to the 3rd. We have a very limited amount of tickets. So one of the things I do differently than other people that host boutique events is I don't allow 700 people to come. I don't want that. Uh, We have a maximum in the room of 60 people. Okay, six zero. That's it. That's all I want. About 10 of those spots, I guarantee you 12, 15 are going to be taken up by my mastermind Uh, group and by my one-on-one clients who are like, yes, I'm in, I'm coming. So I'm going to tell you that uh, right now, if you sign up, you get an eight-month payment plan, which makes it super, super affordable over the next eight months. And again, that pays for your room, it pays for the ticket to the retreat, and it pays for your food while you're there. (laughs) So you get a lot. Um, If you want to learn more information about the retreat, you have questions, head on over to www.richretailerretreat.com. That is going to be where you have all the information, FAQs. You can buy your tickets there. We have private rooms. We have double rooms. Uh, It's going to be incredible. And it's in May, which feels very far away, but I'm telling you, it's going to come quick. We probably, realistically, we're going to sell out of these tickets by the end of 2021, Uh, if not sooner. So I will tell you, book your spot in now, do that payment plan so you make sure you have your spot. And then next year, once we hit 2022, worry about the flight. And and that's really 
a flight and an Uber to the event, that's really all you're going to need. Uh, you're going to make a ton of great friends. If you're in my groups, those are the people that show up. High vibe. Everyone wants to be friends. There's no such thing as a click in our, in our boutique land. Uh, everyone is nice. Everyone wants to meet you, give you hugs, support you on your business journey, including me and my whole team that's going to be there for you. There may be some baby appearances. We'll see. Uh, but the most important thing is that you know about it, you're aware of it, and you consider coming because it's going to be a great transformational event. So without further ado, let me present to you my talk from the August 2021 event magic uh, in Las Vegas, how to build a profitable product assortment. Enjoy. This is a pretty big stage. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming. It means a lot. We've gone through so much in the past year. However, boutiques, retailers, you're crushing it. So many of you are crushing it. I see lots of familiar faces, and I know you're crushing it. So today I want to talk about really how to make more money without social media, without doing reels, without getting TikTok. We're gonna talk about how to just focus on your assortment because there's so much more money to be had right now in your boutique business or your retail business. So, does everyone have a handout? I made a hundred copies and my friend Tabby was passing them out. Thank you. If you don't have one, share with a friend. I wanted you to be able to be with notes. I'm not a slide girl, I'm a talk girl. So, let's start off with uh, who, who are you selling to? If you, have, if you have a pen and paper and you want to write this down, I highly suggest you take notes because I'm going to go kind of quick. We have a lot to cover, okay? So we have to start with who are you talking to? Who are you selling to? Who is your best customer? If you're new, it's probably you. If you've been in the business for a while, always be pulling your top five customers. Look at what they are buying. Look at the silhouettes, the colors, the cuts. Look at that. Because that is gonna be the easiest, most low-level way to really start to look at what products sell. I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm pregnant, so this is a lot, okay? <laughs> um, so how many of you guys track your sales every month? You're like looking at your total sales revenue. Give me a, give me a hand. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, that is the first thing that you need to go home and do, is every single month be looking at your total sales revenue in dollars, okay? Units are important, units are important, but dollars are actually really important too. So I want you to keep a Google spreadsheet, I know, boring, but start keeping that Google spreadsheet of how much money you're making every single month because that's gonna to start to inform you of the trends in your business. Now, these guys were talking about fashion trends. I wanna talk about data trends. Exciting? Numbers, numbers, numbers? Okay, it's early, that's cool. <laughs> so, it's totally great if you're looking at the big picture and you're saying, okay, I'm making this much money, but where we really can find a lot of information is by digging deeper. So. If you're not yet in your POS system using some sort of classification, so in Shopify, every time you enter a product, you're gonna say uh, product type. 
and you're gonna give it a product type. So on this sheet, I gave you a cheat sheet. Do you see under number one, department? So that department is your product type as you enter every product into Shopify. If you're using something else, Square does it too, come in sold, every, a light tea, they all do it, okay? And not enough of you are using it, and that is what's gonna help you start to dig deeper. So as you enter the product, you want to use these terms, accessories, bottoms, denim. You can use your own. If you're more gifts, if you have food, if you have pet toys, use it, okay? Use those product categories, because when you then pull your data at the end of the month, we can start to classify it under each of those categories. Does that sound like a lot? No, no, it's easy, right? Okay, this is easy. I started with the easiest part. So as you start to pull this data, as you classify it correctly and you start to pull, what you want to look at, and this is, I gave you a little chart here. So if you look down, this is how I help my clients look at their sales by department, by month, okay? You can see on the top row, we go November, December, January, February, March. So we ran these numbers in April, and what we look at is the percent to total department by, percent to total sales by department. Does that make sense? Are we tracking? Yeah, okay. And we're looking at it by dollars. So if you make $10,000 in a month, and $2,000 of that is accessories, what do we got? 20%. Right. So as we start to look at it by month, we can start to see trends. So I wanted to give you this really clear example. I hope it's clear. But if you look down the row, anything that's in green is like a great month. Like, you're doing great. That's a big percentage of your sales. Yellow is like, mm, something happened. And red is like, woo, 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 you don't have enough inventory. Something happened, you didn't get deliveries. We, we can see all of this right here. So I want you to zoom in on shoes. Okay, so see shoes in November. They were 8% of this company's total sales. Pretty good, that's, it. that's good. But look what happens in December. Goes to 3.6, January 3.85, February is terrible. 1.4%, and then boom, in March, pops back up to 14%. I can tell that they ran out of inventory, or they did not support the sales that were possible for them in this department. Because you can see, in November, 8% was pretty good, and then the potential is really 14%. So as you start to see these trends, we can start to say, let's start to support that. So just from these numbers, this person is doing around $1,500 a month in just shoes, okay? But I said to her, based on that 14%, I think we could do about $5,000 in shoes. Just shoes, like, I, like we're not even talking everything out. This is just one department. So as we start to look at that, we start to say, okay, so every month, I want to buy 15% of my inventory in shoes so that I can have 15% of my sales be shoes. Make sense? It's this whole thing, everyone's like, you gotta buy more to sell more. It's not always true, but in this case, it actually is. She didn't buy enough, and so she can support the sales. Let's look at sweaters. These are my two most interesting categories. I'm like the biggest nerd about this. So if you look at sweaters, you can see November, 11%, December, 18%. 
duh, it's winter, we're selling sweaters, right? Okay, we know this. But look at what happens in January, February, March. We start to really slip again. February and March, in a lot of places, who lives in a place where in February and March is so cold? Yeah, right? So this person does too. So why in February and March did we go down to 1% of sales? Because we stopped buying sweaters. This is where when it's a seasonal item, we should start to really look at how do we update that department in that season. So in spring, we're bringing in pastels. Maybe it's cardigan, maybe it's a crop top sweater, whatever, but we're still supporting our sweater sales in those months so that the total revenue continues to stay high. Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really important for us to look at what the percent of department to the total sales is and really identify what your five best categories are. Most people, this is too many categories. Most, most companies, this is like way too many. A lot of you guys really just need to focus on tops, dresses, non-denim bottoms, denim bottoms, and t-shirts or shoes. The fifth one is generally a little bit, depends on who you are. But if you can make those five departments 80-ish percent of your sales, because you're supporting the sales, you're supporting the inventory, then, you don't have to worry about filling in with wallets or kids' clothes or, I mean, this is like one of the biggest mistakes I see is that people aren't supporting where their actual sales are coming from. They're thinking, oh, I had a great month. Let me go buy a pop socket. No, we have to keep investing money in what's actually selling. And so this might seem really granular and really boring, but this is making so many retailers thousands and thousands and thousands of more dollars in a month or two. Like, this doesn't take time. You guys can get inventory tomorrow. But if you don't support your sales, knowing these numbers, we're just guessing. And the more money you make, the more you have to pay attention to the money. So if you're just starting out, you're here, this is your first show, you're like, I'm starting next month. Don't worry, you're okay. But once you start doing, 50, 60, 100, $400,000 a month, every penny has to be invested into the right department, okay? But I'm harping on this, but <laughs> this is the number one way most of my students and clients end up making more money without, again, doing Facebook ads or adding more social media. This is how they do it, easy. So another way to look at your inventory, we're gonna move on to number two. The, the next way to look at this, your inventory and your product assortment. So your product assortment is just everything you sell, okay? Most of you guys have been to a restaurant and you've seen the chicken dish, it's $22. And then you see the steak dish and it's $35, $45. You need to do that in your store too. You need to have price range options in your store. I find so many of you are going and getting great styles, but then when you come to price it, you're just using a markup. You're not thinking about what is that price value relationship. The customer needs to see the steak dish so that the chicken dish looks affordable. It looks like a good value, right? And so if you are only giving them chicken, and chicken and more chicken, then it's gonna make their, their decision making harder. 
right? Because they're just choosing amongst all 30 to $40 tops. The easiest way, this is like, I, is everyone here, or, do you sell a ton of tops? Raise your hand if you sell a ton of tops. All day, every day. No? How many of you sell? Okay. That's perfect. So whatever your biggest category is, whether it's tops, denim, bottom, think about what your price range is in that category. So if all your denim is $52, do you have denim that's $72? You should. Do you have denim that's uh, maybe short, that are $42? You should, okay? Creating that price variation is what actually helps the customer make, make a choice in a better way. It's like when you go sit at that restaurant and you say, well, it's gonna be a fancy night and I'm gonna have a steak, or it's just like a normal night and I'm gonna get a chicken. Right? You have to give your customer that opportunity to choose. And so many of you aren't. So I want to remind you that in every single of these categories, cheat sheet categories, you want to make sure that you're offering your customer a range of prices. Okay, so everyone in here is a merchant. Whether you call yourself that or not, you're a merchant. It's one of the oldest professions in the world. So one of our mottos as a merchant is to maximize what works and minimize what doesn't, okay? It's a really simple way of a lot of things I've been talking about. Do more of what works, do more of what works. A lot of us are spreading our time, our energy, and our investment money way too thin to the point that because we're not maximizing what works, we're actually starting to really we're really starting to maximize what's not working, right? Because we're not putting our energy, we're not putting our effort, we're not putting our money and our dollars into the right places. And so I want you to start thinking about what is really good? What is really working? So I gave you one way to digging deeper into sales. That's one way to know how something's working. The second way is looking at time, okay? People say to me all the time, how do I know if it's good? Okay. Well, one, look at your sales dollars. And two, look at how quick you sold it. Did you sell it in an hour? Did you post it and it was sold out in 12 minutes? That's a good item. It's a really, like, you need to be on the phone with the vendor getting more of that immediately, okay? If it sells out in a week, it's good. It's a good item, okay? But the quicker you sell it, the better that item is. Now, sometimes, we get caught in a trap where we actually sell things pretty quickly, uh, but it's because it's, the price is really low. So don't get tricked by that as well, okay? You really wanna hone in on why is this item selling and, and how do I do more of it? Is this item selling because it has a great sleeve? Is it a great color? Is it a great fit? As you start to identify that, you wanna think about how you can do that in other ways. So for example, the dress I'm wearing. Maybe this dress is a bestseller. I would love to do this in a print. I would love to do this in a top. I would love to do this in different materials, different fabrics, right? And that's sort of what I'm talking about with the next part of my uh, number four here, is really finding those sister and cousin products. Okay, what are the related items? Again, this whole time I'm really just talking about find what works and do more of it. And I'm showing you all the different ways to do that, right? So. As you start to find those sister and cousin products, that's where you can also play with price points. So maybe this dress in a non-jersey material, in a, a higher-end material, 
end up being $15 more. Maybe in uh, a shorter length, it's a little bit less, right? So you start to play with all these variations, and really, you're kind of just selling the same dress over and over and over. But that's what your customer wants. And you're missing it because you're thinking, oh, that sold really well, so I should go buy that other thing. No, buy more of the thing. That's what she wants, she told you. She told you what she wants because she gave you her money. Or he, sorry. <laughs> and part of this, too, as you start to discover these sister and cousin items, is really like, what do you want to be known for? That's gonna help you guide those decisions on what you want to be known for. I have clients that are known for rompers, they're known for t-shirts, they're known for great shoes. What do you want to be known for? One, you can be known for something because uh, you like it, or it stands for your brand, or you can start to be known for something because your customer's telling you they love it. So I have a client, Megan, she has a new romper I think every week. But her customers love them. She uses them in her advertising, they drive her marketing, they're in her email, and she sells so many rompers, so many jumpsuits. And that's great, that's good, that's not a bad thing. So I want you to think about what are you known for? What is your customer telling you she wants you to be known for? And how can you create that assortment variation within that? So even for me, if, if we've never met yet, I founded a company called The Fashion Truck in 2011. There's a big fax truck that I made into a store and I drove it around Boston very carefully. <laughs> and I sold clothes and accessories out of the back of it to dressing rooms. You can Google it. But I became known for dresses. That was my thing. I knew that the girl who was shopping with me, I, she was me, really. I knew she wanted dresses. So I thought about all the different places she was wearing dresses. She was wearing them to work. She was wearing them on date night. She was wearing them to weddings, to baby showers. So what did I do? I designed an entire dress assortment every single month that addressed all of those needs for her dresses. And I sold a lot of dresses out of the back of a truck, okay? If I can do that, you can do more than that. <laughs> Okay, I think it's just the time. I can talk forever about this. Okay, so, you might already have something in your business. Does, does anyone here have something in their business where they're like, I sold a ton of it? Yeah, you do, okay. So, I have a client, on the sheet, you can see this t-shirt. She created this t-shirt in 2017. You might know her, you might know this shirt, you might have seen the knockoff of this shirt, because it's been knocked off a few times. She was the original creator of this shirt, powerful woman shirt. And when we started working together, I saw this opportunity. I said, wow, you're selling a white t-shirt with black text on it. It's like such a basic item. And so what we started to do is we started to say, okay, what's the cadence of how often we need to update these t-shirts. She wanted them to be original designs. We knew what the price point needed to be. Anywhere between $36 and $42 because they were original, because you couldn't get them anywhere else. And we took that idea and we started to say, how can we find the sisters and cousins slash create the sisters and cousins? 
And it didn't necessarily mean like do this one t-shirt in a bunch of colors. That wasn't the solution at first. We started to talk about why did this sell? It sold because the motto is amazing. Women wanted to wear this. They wanted to style it. They wanted to show that they were a powerful woman. And so we started to do, she started to do, I should say, research on what other models, what other things, what, what else does my girl want to wear on her body for saying? And so each month we drop one new style, one new style. And it would become a test. And it takes time. This is, like, this is 2017, so four years ago now. It's taken time to build and build and build. But just off this one shirt, now, T-shirts is a huge percent of her business, does multiple tens of thousand dollars a month, and every single T-shirt is a limited edition run. You can only get so many, you can only get it for so much time, and then it disappears. Sometimes there's leftover stuff, but those are few and far between. And what we do is each year, so this powerful woman t-shirt, it took us an entire year to redo the color in this. It wasn't a right away thing. I think a lot of people get really over assorted because they see something works and they say, oh, let's go crazy in it. But there's also a time and a place when you want to be known for something and it's sort of like a brand pillar for you, where it's okay if it takes a little bit of time to get that new item in or get that next colorway in. That's okay. And I think it's actually better for so many of you because it's good to test things out. And so now, <laughs> I think this year there's about five new t-shirts a month. There's sweatshirts, there's sweatpants. But this one t-shirt has blossomed into this amazing t-shirt department that's all original designs, that's all great margin because she's making it, she's designing it. And really, it's become a huge part of her business, not only from a brand-name standpoint, but also just from a sales point. So if you have items like this in your business, start to think about how can you, uh, how can you expand it and test it and try it, because those one little thing, those, those little things, those needles in a haystack can become really big. Okay, I can't, I can't not talk about margin. If you hung out with me, at any point, if you listen to anything I've ever done, I talk about margin markup all the time. Because, and I say this, I think every day, the only way we make money in our business is the difference between our wholesale and our retail. Literally the only way. We're not making money doing TikTok. I mean, maybe you are, but you know. That's the side, right? You are only making money because of the difference between your, your wholesale and your retail. So I want to make sure that I talk about this until the cows come home. I need you to think about who out there can you get product from that you can mark up three times. Meaning a $10 item becomes a $30 retail item. Okay? Not a 20, not a 25. Way back when I started, there was this thing called Keystone. I think people are still using that term, which is a great way to go out of business. Uh, but we have to challenge ourselves and challenge our customers to, to pay more, to charge more. Because unless you're doing a volume business, which some of you here may be doing a high, high volume business, and there's some nuances in there, 
But if you're doing between ten and $50,000 a month, $60,000 a month in revenue, you have to pay attention to your markup. And that doesn't mean that every single item that you have that comes in has to be at that 3x, but the majority of it does. So you have to think, again, we go right back to this percentage is strong, I love percentages. Go back to that. What percent of your assortment is at a 3x markup? What, how much is that a 2x markup? How much is it a 5x markup? Okay, there are places in this room, in this building, where I know you can get a four, five, maybe even like a 10 times markup. I don't know, I'll, we'll find them, we'll find them. <laughs> but if you start to think about, if you're at a 2X markup now, you're at 2X, you know, 2.5, so a $10 item turns into a 20 retail or $25 retail, I want you to start to think about in what ways can you kind of think about two of the other topics we talked about, is the steak dish, and that price assortment. Where can you start to play? So just because something comes in the box and you pull out the invoice, okay, so these $13 items, $26, $27, $27. No, look at the item, feel it, touch it, say what would she pay for it, what would she pay for it? And also I would add, what is everything else in your assortment priced at? Because the relationship, I, I, mean, I go on people's websites and they have a dress that's $32 and top that's 45. That makes no sense to me. As a customer, it makes no sense. So the easiest thing is if you have a website, go on it as a customer, start to really look at what is the price value relationship between all of your items, okay? Because to a customer who comes to you fresh, it's just not gonna make sense when things that should be higher priced are actually lower priced. It's gonna make them not trust you, it's gonna make them question you, and unfortunately, because of the way the internet works, there's a lot of distrust in our industry right now. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of Facebook ads that say wild things to our customers, and we don't want to be that. We wanna be reputable businesses that are selling products at appropriate prices. Okay? That doesn't mean everything has to be a million dollars, but I do think it's important for you to go look at your dresses versus your tops. Look at your bottoms, your, your jogger bottoms versus your denim bottoms. Look at your denim bottoms as, as a whole. Really start to examine and drill down into all of this. Because it's really, really easy to look at the invoice and price it. It's a lot more work to actually think about what is that relationship of products, what does my customer want to actually buy? And how much do they really want to pay for it? And I've gotten a lot of pushback about this idea. And I want to remind you that even after a year of a pandemic, two world around the world cruises sold out in hours because people are willing to pay for them. They are. We just don't believe they are. We get in our heads and we go, oh, I don't want to be too expensive. I'll lose customers. You won't, okay? If you're at that 2X markup, you're at that 2.5, I want you to start slowly creeping out. $1, $2, $3. Because you have to cover your shipping. You have to cover your employees. You have to cover your materials. And I want you to pay yourself, right? Why do we do this when we're not going to pay ourselves? All of 
of this, if you have the worksheet, all of this will help you pay yourself. All of it will help you get that warehouse, get that second store. Maybe just even go to Disney World with your kids. Like that's what we're doing this for, right? To charge more, do it slowly. You're allowed to. But we need to be close to that 3x markup or a 65-70% margin. And if you need help with that, please DM me on Instagram. I will send you some shoot sheets. I have a bunch of great free stuff on YouTube as well where I teach you how to mark up appropriately. So if you're like, this is a lot of land, <laughs> take a breath and go home, let me know and I'll send you some great videos. At the bottom of this also I have a QR code that takes you right to uh, all of my stuff. Uh, this is what I do. I want you to pay yourself. I want you to have fun. I don't want you to be stressed. And we're just like having a good time selling stuff. That's like why we're all doing this, right? All right you're great. Okay. He's just nodding the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I want to leave a minute for some questions because I did go through a lot. Um, does anyone have questions? Yeah, this is a good question. This is a good question. So she's saying that she has a lot of different brands, so she'll have something like a hundred and eight dollar top, but then a fifty dollar dress geared to different age groups. Interesting. So you're kind of running like two different businesses. In a way. In a way. Okay. Um, so, so the first thing that pops in my head is like you're running two businesses. I just said that, right? You're running two businesses. You have two different ideal customers. Theoretically, like it would be two different uh, tabs on your website. You, you, you know, you might want to call it a $108 one. Premier, luxury, luxe, like, I think it goes back to like how you're naming things and how you're classifying things, right? And what I would also honestly do too is in that product type, the very first thing we talked about, is really make sure that you're utilizing that. So if you're saying uh, young contemporary, and then you're saying lux women or something, right? Um, because I think for you, as a business owner, you have to track that and track that data differently. I, if you came to me, I'd be like, whoa, we gotta separate this because they're two different thought processes. But from a customer standpoint too, you just don't want to confuse them, right? So I think that there's opportunity for you to have two sections. Like, you're, you're leaving department store a little for me. Which is okay. It's work, if it's working, don't stop doing it. But you know, just think through the process of like, what is someone gonna come to your website and say, oh my God, I'm gonna need dollars top. Like, I'm, I'm 22. So it would be more in-store right now, um, but as testing, I just opened up a mark and like testing everything out, they seem to really like it as far as my in-store customers, I can have them shop the IDJ stuff and then they'll also cross-shop. So it's been good, working. Totally, I have a, I have a client, Pink Lagoon, they're in uh, San Diego, and most of her stuff is 348, 500, that's like really her sweet spot. But what we did actually to get her some margin builders in there is we had her go to LA and re-tag uh, re some things in her own brand. And that stuff is all under 100. So I think that's also part of it is just sort of like, um, I would want you to track it as a business owner. And I just would want the customer to, if, unless they're, they're shocked by it, like there's no problem, right? I would say if you're getting pushback or resistance, then maybe reevaluate, but I don't have a problem with it. But you think as far as the website goes, there should definitely be a separation? 
I would consider it because I, I don't think people are getting that in-store experience that you're offering, right? So you have to remember, people are coming in cold to that website, and the more information, the more like, really, you have three seconds to grab those people when they hit your website, right? So right on the top, you might even want to call out the fact that like you have these two different brands, these two different ideas that work really well together, they might just seem contrasting. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the question. Great, great. Right. Right. You have someone? Good question. We'll get you next. Hi. Hi. I'm a newer boutique owner, and um, I mostly sell on e-commerce. So my question is, as I'm looking around at vendors, is there a maximum price point that I should be looking at? Because I'm still trying to engage my audience, and I'm not really sure uh, what price point they're coming to buy something that's $40 and then I'm trying to do three times the markup and I'm just sitting on this computer. This is such a good question because so many people come to market and they buy a bunch of stuff and then they price up. You're doing the right thing by saying I'm going to think about it backwards and then I think about how do I want to, what do I want to charge, right? So, so I work, my company is Boutique Training Academy. I work with mostly Boutique brands, okay? Which is much of what we have here at Magic. If you're coming from projects, you're coming from we're coming from Robert, we might have to have a different conversation. But here, you want to think about boutique price point, like sweet spot is 40 to 55, like 35 to 60, like for an item, right? So as you work backwards, you want to think about like $10 tops, $15 sweaters, $17 sweaters, uh, dresses for $20. Really like your, it, if you want to say my cap is $60 or $70, that, that wholesale price needs to be somewhere under 22-ish dollars. And I would say if you can get lower than that, there's brands out there that will do that. I know, I know we've seen some price hikes recently because of production and, and costs going up, but if you can stick under $20, I think you'll be in a better spot. Good question. And, yeah. and do you feel that we can put up on quality? Because I'm very big on fabric, yes. so like if you watch it, I'll give you like a baby shirt. Yes, no, I totally understand. Yes, there are vendors in this hall right now who absolutely have great quality at great prices. And a lot of that is because they're, they're making in bulk, right? So we're really lucky that they come and we can buy six, right? Because realistically, they're making 10,000, 20,000, so they're getting a better price so that they can pass it on to you. So you might want to stick with some of the bigger brands um, I don't want to name any because I don't, I don't want to like show favoritism, but um, the people that have bigger boots are generally more established in bigger brands. If you see smaller boots or they're in the back or they're merging, they might, and I'm not going to say this for everything, they might be a little bit more pricey. Cool? Good question. Um, we have Greg over here. Oh, great. We're doing great on time. Good that I talked so fast. Um, in the yellow. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for a great presentation. Thanks for coming. Thank you. My question was around wholesale pricing. So thank you for the tip on the three times markup. But how do you position yourself for fitting in in terms of wholesale pricing and getting the quantities right to know at which point the pricing changes? Is that something you deal with? So, are you a wholesaler? With uh, retail? For so retail. we're having people approach us in terms of wholesale. Ah. So, how 
uh, sell it to them or de stash it and just be honest about it. Say, like, listen, these are leggings that you wear under a dress, or this is a bra that, like, you can't really wear by itself. You, if you're honest and you sell it at cost, then at least you'll have the money back in your bank account because right now it's. it's it's money sitting right there from the corner. Yeah, I know, and it's not, at this point it's some cost, so if money's gone, right? But if we can make you at least half that money back, this is where you get to kind of hustle and it have a lot of fun. Goes, like, what, like, what I don't want is like, they'd be like, oh, that boutique sells like super cheap, like thin, like, leggings. Just be honest about it. Listen, you just, it, like, we all make mistakes. Just say, hey, it's a mistake sale. I made a mistake, I'm a business owner, we make mistakes sometimes, right? I think as long as you're honest and you let people know the quality that you're getting and you're giving them a really discount at cost or even maybe below cost price, uh, that's a great way. Or maybe you give it away as a freebie. Yeah. Free gift with purchase. Yeah, I want to get some secret leggings for holidays. The shirts were in the size, like the small looks like an extra, extra small. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, this is nothing. So. I know, I know, and I'm really glad that you're here because that's what happens a lot of times when we buy stuff online. You don't know, the pictures are tough to see, we've all made mistakes. Don't worry about it, let's just go get your money back. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Let's do one more down in the front. Thank you. Great presentation. Uh, my question is, how much did the turnover is inventory? So you're saying an example of from January to April, you saw the work went down. Yep. Should I be turning that inventory over every six weeks, every eight weeks? What would you say? So big picture, seasonal use. Smaller picture. Smaller picture, I would say, uh, four to six weeks at the most. So if you buy a pack of six, and the first week you sell three, maybe four, I take those two pieces and I put them at 30% off, okay? It's really important because I think a lot of people are waiting for the end of the season doing these big blowout sales, and we're forgetting that during the season we have to do those markdowns to kind of clean out, right? And you, you don't have to put it on a sale, right? You can keep it with your regular merch, Put it at 30% off, do a nice little mark on those like two smalls that are left or a medium and a large, right? That's gonna help you move through quicker. But I mean I love everyone to move through weekly. I don't know if you lose it. Three, four, five, six weeks, you wanna really flip stuff. And then I would say uh, as you flip the season, so right now we're August. So so for fall, you wanna start to think about early October starting to mark down things that are really so lucky to move into deep winter and holiday stuff, right? So it's also, it's your regular markdown, it's your uh, six to eight weeks sort of cycle, plus you have to, there's so much to think about. <laughs> that seasonal transition time where you do want to be like, okay, what can I not sell in the next month? Let's go deeper, let's go to a 40% mark. Yeah, you're welcome. That's a good question. Okay, last question, okay? Cool. Hi, my name is Morgan, and I'm on um, an online super boutique called Look for the King Boutique. So I just launched back in May, and right now I'm in the process of trying to like get my customer base and my engagement up. So I wanted to do like some fun things like giveaways, but I'm wondering what tips do you have as far as like using product assortment for that? Because I don't want to 
giveaway too much, but I do want something to be like enticing to kind of get that customer base. Totally, totally. I am like a really, I don't think I ever, I started my routine. So my very first job was at Abercrombie, I was a merchant, and we lived by the rule that we never did sales. Okay, since it's changed. Uh, but I started my routine, I was like, I'm never gonna do a sale. So stupid. But I do think it is, I don't want you to go too deep into giveaways because you kind of get the customer who like wants something for free and like they're not your best customer, right? So I would say offer a gift with purchase. So get some scrunchies, get you know some 50 cents, dollar thing, right? And I would throw that in with a purchase. Because I think that I think that that's more enticing than saying, I'm gonna give away an outfit. I mean, you could once a month do a gift card giveaway, or once a month do an outfit. But the more you give away, the more people expect you to give away. And it just like really eats itself. stuff. So I would say like gift with purchase or purchase with purchase, you know, some kind of like, let me give you something in your in your packaging uh, to help people buy. I, I'm more excited about that than I am giving stuff away. Okay? Okay. Great question. I want to leave you with one last thing. So as you're out there shopping, I want to teach you my method of how to shop market, okay? Because I'm glad that some of you are new because I want to teach you the right way. So as you shop through, you go into a booth, I want you to walk around and be emotional. What do I love? If you see me on the floor, I yell a lot. <laughs> I'm like, woo! It's a hot mic. I get very excited about products. This is my topic. So walk around the booth, pull what you love. Like, I love this, I love this, I love this. No one is setting a limit on how much you pull, so just pull it, okay? Bring it to the middle, and then I want you on your rack to separate it by delivery date, okay? So 10, 15, 11, 15, 12, 15. And as you look by delivery date, look at the assortment in that delivery date. Do you have too much gray? Do you have too much stripe? Is there a floral? You know, I'm making this up. But what is actually the assortment by month in that booth? Because that's going to start right here on the floor to help you build that assortment. And you're looking at the price, you're looking at $15, can I charge $45 for it? Okay. Like you're really having these very thoughtful experiences in booths. Because listen, you're going to get elbowed, you're going to get shoved, it's a little crazy out there. But you are allowed to take your time, you're allowed to be thoughtful. And before you purchase, it's okay to edit. So pull what you want, organize it by month, then edit down, and really be thoughtful about your price point, about your materials, about the end use of that garment. That's going to help you so that when you go home and in three weeks things start shipping, you're not like, oh God, what did I buy? Right? So let's start making good decisions here. If you have questions, if you need me, Everything's on the bottom of the sheet. Thank you so, so much. Have a great show. If you've liked what you've heard today, don't forget to rate and review this podcast so more amazing boutique owners just like you can find it. Hopefully, I will see you in my other spaces and places on the internet, whether that is my YouTube channel on Facebook or on Instagram. I hope to see you somewhere else. Say hello when you see me there and I'll see you next week.